What words come to mind when you hear and listen to today's famous gospel story? What images does it stir in you? Are there certain people in your life that come to mind as the characters are introduced? Do you focus on the boy who runs off with his inheritance, around whom the story seems to revolve? Well, I will share with you that at different points in my own life, I've identified with different characters. As a young man, which I am not anymore, I could see myself as the son who ran off looking for adventure beyond the confines of his family's property. As an older brother myself, I understood the big brother's anger at the apparent waste of the father's celebration for the prodigal son. It wasn't just. It wasn't fair. And I knew that. Sometimes I've even found myself in the position of the servants, whom the father commands to get the coat and the ring and the sandals. And I marveled at the wealth and generosity of the father in receiving back his son. But the one person that I have had a hard time identifying with is the father. Maybe this is because I have no children. Maybe it's because I haven't reached the age of the images of the father in famous art. Right? He's usually this old man with this, well, my beard isn't gray, but it's longer. I haven't gotten there yet. Or maybe. Just me. It's because I haven't got the heart of that father in me yet. Jesus tells this story directly to those who grumbled about him spending time with tax collectors and sinners. In this parable, Jesus is not the prodigal son, nor is he the older brother, nor is he any of the servants. If we discount the pigs and the fatted calf, then that only leaves one character for us to identify with Jesus, the Father. So it is fruitful for us to consider what this Father is like, because we want to conform ourselves as closely to Jesus as possible. This story, which we often call that of the prodigal son, has also been called the forgiving father. This man, upon whom his son really strikes a hurtful blow, accepts the insult and allows the boy to go his way. By demanding his inheritance now, the boy is essentially declaring his father already dead, simply a source of material goods for himself. And he takes his wealth and he promptly squanders it. He wastes it. When he realizes how wrong he is, he comes to his senses, we're told, and he returns home to the father. For his part, the wounded father is not sulking 
in his home, sitting grumpily by his fire. Rather, he is watchful, waiting on the front porch to see any sign of his son's return. And when he does return, he doesn't even wait for him to get to the yard. He runs to him and he lavishes gifts of reunion on him with great joy. That's the Father. That is Jesus. This is God's attitude toward us. That is what Jesus is teaching. This is God's attitude towards us. Watchful, hopeful, longing for you. No matter how far gone you are, God is longing for you. This is the attitude that inflamed Jesus' love for the tax collectors and sinners. Any sign of a desire to be reconciled is received and immediately acted upon by Christ. There is no trial. There is no proof period. There's no time to show that they really mean it. He simply receives them. The older brother does not understand this because he has never opened himself up to the real loving compassion of the Father. He has never accepted his own brokenness. And when that happens, it often comes out as anger. I tried to read it that way. He's talking to his father. Look, you, your son, not my brother. Everyone's been that person, right? Mothers and fathers. Guess what your daughter did today? Kind of distancing yourself from, from that, right? But this boy, is, this is really serious. And the father tries everything he can to bring him back. Your brother was lost. The big brother is a broken person too, but he doesn't know it yet. The extravagance of love and mercy is the attitude that we are called to embrace. This is the likeness to Christ that we as disciples should seek to inculcate in our lives. The father tells the brother and us, everything I have is yours. Everything. When the young son breaks away from that abundance, his blessings waste away, dry up, and are spent. But when he returns to the source of that blessing, he is restored to the free flow of all that the Father has to offer. Similarly, when we forget the love and mercy of the Father, like the older son, we also lose that free flow of blessing and see ourselves as slaves. Notice how the Father is not even impoverished by giving away half his possessions to his son. He ain't hurting. Materially, he's not hurting. And when he returns, there's still plenty to give. Our goal as disciples, which we should foster during this holy season, is to shape within ourselves the heart of this Father, the heart of Jesus. 
Maybe we're not there yet. But the good news is that the Father is always looking for us too, with eyes full of hope and excitement. So let's pray. Father, your mercy is so far beyond our understanding and our hopes. Remind us of your love for us, especially for the broken and the sinner. And help us to return to you with joyful hearts, ready to celebrate together the extravagance of your compassion. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Anchor and Quill podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find more content by visiting us at www.olhstchurch.com or through your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, go in peace.